Well, I don't know about you all, but it is, it is a gift for me to um, be worshiping and to see uh, other people up here, to hear other voices up here. I hope it's a blessing for, for you all uh, as well. As we continue in our um, Life That Is Life sermon series, uh, pray and then we'll, we'll hear Mallory um, read our scripture lesson for us today. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day that we might hear it, inwardly digest it, and do what it says. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. I invite you to listen for God's word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send another paraclete who will be with you forever. This paraclete is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor recognizes him. You will know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am your father. You are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal themselves to them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, have you ever wished that some of the things that Jesus said that you could say and they would work. You're a parent trying to parent in the middle of this COVID-19 season, and you're trying to teach, and you're trying to keep the house decent, uh, and you're trying to get some work done yourself, uh, or you're a manager or a boss, you've got people working with you or under you, and you just wish that they would listen to you and, and follow instructions, or, um, you know, perhaps you're, a, uh, you're the host of a Zoom meeting, and just trying to get people to understand to please mute yourself when you're not talking so we're not in this perpetual echo chamber going back and forth. And, you, and, and wouldn't it be great if you could, in, in those moments, just, just take a page from Jesus' playbook and say, if you love me, you will do what I tell you to do. <laughs> if you love me, you will do what I tell you to do. And wouldn't it be awesome if that worked? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's what Jesus tells his followers in today's scripture passage. But Jesus, I don't think, says it in order to manipulate like we might say something similar. In fact, this statement shouldn't be read with a uh, finger-wagging, you know, warning tone of voice at all. It's an invitation. It's an invitation backed by a promise to lead us into full abundant life. Experience the life that is life when we're obedient in the spirit, when we're obedient in the spirit. Now the passage that we heard this morning picks up right where we left off last week, last week's scripture where Jesus gives this amazing um, promise and this beautiful hope, right, that our home is in in God forever and Jesus uh, continues his farewell message and remember the disciples are are confused, uh, they're scared, they're troubled, uh, what, what would life be like without Jesus? How would they continue to love him? How would they continue at all? So that's why Jesus is, is talking throughout this, this, uh, this speech about peace, about hearts not being troubled. 
So having just assur- uh, assured the disciples and us that, uh, that our home is nothing less than God's own self, that God has an eternity of love carved out for us so that we can be at home in the same relationship that Jesus shares with his father, Jesus starts to talk with the disciples about how they might live without him being physically present with them. How they might live, not how they might survive, not how they might barely get by, but how they might live without Jesus being physically present. And it begins and it ends with Jesus connecting love for him with obedience to what he says. Love for him with obedience to what he says. So in the passage, Jesus starts with, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And then it ends with, whoever has my commands and keeps them loves me. In other words, to love Jesus is to keep his commands. To keep Jesus' commands is to love him. Now, at first glance, this might not sound like abundant life. It can sound like the the restrictive obeying rules uh, that that many people think define the the Christian faith and the Christian life. Like I have this tiny little fenced-in yard that I'm stuck in, and it feels very confining and, and dull. In, in our modern context, you know, with this strong desire to be free from, from any kind of constraints, obedience to commandments can, sign, can, can sound kind of backwards. It doesn't seem like abundant life when you have to, feel like you have to obey something. But what Jesus knew is that everybody everywhere is obedient to something or someone. Everybody everywhere is obedient to something or someone. To obey simply means to, to comply with or to carry out a command or a direction. You cannot live and exist in the world without obeying something or someone. Everyone has some ultimate concern, some philosophy, some meaning system that tells us what is worthy of our loyalty and our obedience, whether we recognize it or not. Something or someone or multiple somethings or someones Motivate our actions, get our service, and our obedience. Or in the words of famous songwriter Bob Dylan, sometimes surprising people like Dylan, you may be an ambassador to England or France, you may like to gamble, you may like to dance, you may be the heavyweight champion of the world, you may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. The interesting thing about our obedience is that it's, it's driven by, by one of two things, fear or love, fear or love. If we're afraid of someone or afraid of the punishments or the consequences, we're afraid of something that someone else promises to help us avoid, then we're likely going to obey that person. Or we're afraid of what others might think of us, and so we obey something or, or someone. But, but there's also love. There's also love. The, the things or the people that we love the most, the things or the people that have our hearts, are also the things that we usually deem most worthy of our obedience. If and someone who, who loves us tells us to do something, we obey them out of our mutual love for one another. We want to show our love for them, and we believe that they're telling us to do something because they love us. Some quick examples here. I think about... Uh, think of parenting. 
right? As a, as a parent, your child could be obedient to you because they love you or because they fear you or the consequences that you or punishments you lay down. We all know as parents which, ones of those we, which one of those we prefer <laughs> in the long run. doesn't mean we always get it right or always good at it. Or perhaps you can think of a, of a maybe a maybe an office building with uh, with businesses uh, one business on this floor and, uh, and another business on the the floor below and they may have both be a very obedient work environments but at the top the top floor they're obedient because they're terrified and fearful of of their boss or their manager the floor below they're 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 incredibly obedient too but it's because they love and trust the person that they're working for in both cases right a high degree of obedience is happening but but one form is a lot more life-giving than another. Or, or I think currently about the, the, the wearing the face masks, right, in, uh, in um, you know, public places where there are a lot of people. And I just saw someone with a post on their Facebook wall this week that I thought was, was really good. It said, I'm not wearing a mask because I'm living in fear. I'm wearing a mask because I'm living in love. Right? Obedience can happen be fear-driven, can be driven by love. One is a lot more life-giving than the other. I think it's pretty clear which side Jesus falls on, isn't it? He doesn't say, if you know what's good for you, you obey my commandments. He doesn't say, obey my commandments or else, dot, 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 dot. No, it's, if you love me, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Those who, have, who, who do what I say show their love for me. Has there ever been anyone has there ever been anyone or anything more deserving more worthy of our obedience than Jesus Christ has there ever been someone who has loved us so so fiercely and infinitely as Jesus if ever if ever there was someone worthy of doing what he says it is surely the one who himself was obedient in love, even to death on a cross to rescue and save us. The one who shows his love for us and forgiving us when we, when we do wrong. The one who spent his entire earthly ministry doing the will of his heavenly father. Healing, preaching, loving, sharing, doing good. The one who beat death and rose from the grave. Right? That person might just be worthy of all of our love and all of our obedience. We may actually want to try to do the things that he told us to do. Doing what Jesus says, here's the thing, it doesn't narrow life, it expands life. It expands it, it doesn't make us feel more trapped or, or confined, it frees us. It releases us to be truly human, to be who we were made to be. If you love me, you will. Obey my commands. Whoever obeys my commands, whoever keeps them, loves me. We express our love for Jesus every time that we do what he says, what he tells us to do. Every time we do what he says. And what does Jesus tell us to do? What are, the, what are Jesus' commands? What are we supposed to obey? Well, in John's gospel, Jesus gives the same clear command over and over Again, I give you a new commandment, love each other, just as I have loved you, so you also ought to love each other. 
That's John 13, 34. This is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you, John 15, 12. I give you these commandments so that you can love one another, John 15, 17. Loving one another is what Jesus tells us to do. The command that Jesus asks us to obey, the command that when we keep it, we love Jesus, is love one another. Now, this may come as a surprise, but actually doing what Jesus told us to do makes a huge difference in our lives and other people's lives. We experience real abundant life. I mean, can you even imagine? Can you even imagine the fullness of life we would experience, or even more importantly, what other people would experience? What kind of fullness of life others would experience if we actually did the things that Jesus to do? If we actually obeyed him because we loved him that much? It's the difference between a a Samaritan who who stopped and helped the man bleeding on the side of the road and the religious figures who walked past on the other side, both obeying something. It's the difference between uh, the leaders who wanted to stone the woman caught in adultery and and Jesus who, who did not condemn her, both obeying something. It's the difference between Pilate succumbing to the pressure from Rome and Jewish leaders, ordering Jesus to be crucified, and Jesus carrying a cross and forgiving his executioners with his last breaths, both obeying something. It's the difference between cramming our lives with so much stuff and so many activities that we exhaust ourselves and actually creating margins for God and neighbor, both obeying something. It's the difference between one's well-being being... It's the difference between one's well-being dictated by the rise and fall of the stock market and someone's well-being dictated by the well-being of neighbor. Both obeying something. It's the difference between caring only for those who might care for us back and caring for those who others would prefer to forget or to avoid. Both obeying something. It's the difference between a company treating its employees as expendable and a company treating its employees as essential. It actually treats them as essential, both obeying something. It's the difference between being a church that remains closed off to a fresh movement of God because, well, we've always done it this way, and a church that's willing to admit when they were wrong and to change, both obeying something. It's the difference between staying silent and supposedly neutral with matters of injustice and actively seeking to lend a hand and a voice to the hands and voices of our brothers and sisters, consistently ignored, left out, pushed to the margins, to stand with them, both obeying something. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we actually, if we really obey Jesus' command to love one another? And not just that one, but by extension, to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God, to be Jesus' witnesses, to not worry, to not be afraid, to make disciples, to love our neighbors. Obeying those, doing those, sounds like the most amazing, full, abundant life imaginable. But being obedient is hard. Being obedient to Jesus is hard because... Obedience to Jesus often means disobedience to something else. Jesus knows that. 
left alone as, as orphans in obedience, we would fail. But Jesus told us, if you remember, that he would not leave us as orphans. Even though as he was going to be with his father, he would, he would not, we would not be left alone as a church. And so we're not left alone to try and do the things that Jesus tells us to do on our own, out of our own strength and abilities. This is the promise. I am sending. I will ask the Father and he will send another paraclete who will be with you all forever. This paraclete is the spirit of truth. I won't leave you as orphans. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' continued presence with us to help us, to empower us, to enable us. To be able to do what Jesus tells us to do. To love one another. The paraclete, paraclete is a Greek word that means all at the same time. Helper, advocate, comforter, counselor, companion. So when it comes to, to us trying to show our love for Jesus by loving one another, by doing the things he told us to do, we have a helper to help us go beyond our comfort zone when obedience feels scary. We have an advocate to stir us up and encourage us forward when obedience feels too difficult. We have a companion to go with us when obedience feels lonely. We have a counselor to guide us when obedience feels confusing. We have a comforter to comfort us when obedience to God leaves us wounded. There is an inseparability between our love for Jesus, doing the things Jesus tells us to do, and the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. If to love Jesus is to keep his commands, and keeping his commands is to love him, then the Holy Spirit is how we do it. And when we actually start to do the things that Jesus says, when we actually start to do what Jesus says, when we, when we actually concretely love one another, it doesn't feel like fearful, begrudging obedience, does it? It feels like joyful obedience. It feels like joy. It feels like fullness. It feels like love. It feels like really living. It feels like breathing. The Holy Spirit breathes into us and we inhale and then we exhale loving obedience, thus making room for the next breath to come in again. Breathing. Right now, our church is serving in lots of different ways, whether it's helping at food pantries, whether it's serving the, uh, the lunches that I was talking about earlier in the service. Um, I, I have a hunch that if you talk to people who are serving right now in mission in some way, a part of this obeying Jesus, they would tell you that it doesn't feel like, I have to do this. It feels like, I get to do this. It feels like full, abundant life. It feels like love. It feels like joy. It feels like breathing deep and full, like being fully alive. Friends, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, part of the Holy Spirit's job description is to keep the truth, the way, and the life of Jesus continuing in the world after Jesus' physical absence in and through us. The Holy Spirit's job is to help keep the truth, the way, and the life of Jesus in the world, continuing now in and through us, through our obedience to Jesus' commands. So friends, in the midst of this difficult season, know, know this. We can still experience the life that is life. 
pay someone for something. Might as well be the one who, who lived, died, and rose from the dead so that we might experience this abundant life. And we are in, in this as a church, orphaned and alone. On our own, we can't possibly obey Jesus or do the things Jesus tells us to do. But Jesus is still with us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, giving us the presence and the strength and the, and the guidance and the grace we need to be able to live in joyful obedience to Jesus, to do what Jesus tells us to do, to love one another when it's hard. And when we do, friends, when we do, I pray that when we actually what Jesus tells us to do, we would experience the most full, abundant life imaginable. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus says. Wouldn't it be amazing if we did? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.